Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. Today, I'm talking with Iowa State Assistant Coach J.R. Blount. And for a brief intro, J.R. is originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and played collegiately at Loyola Chicago, where he was a three-year team captain. He played professionally overseas in the UK for a season, and shortly after, transitioned back to coaching in the States. And since his start as a GA at Wisconsin Stevens Point, in 2009, he steadily and continuously worked his way up the rankings from a D3 school to various D1 programs. He's got an undergraduate degrees in psychology and sociology and a master's in education. He's a coach, a husband, a father, and is currently heading into season one at Iowa State. So welcome, JR. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. So usually I give my guests the first minute or two to just kind of tell the audience a bit more. Uh, I know I gave you a little brief intro, but maybe a bit more about your upbringing and uh, kind of how you started in this world of basketball. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I appreciate you having me. You know, I think you hit it around the head. Um, was uh, born actually in Philadelphia, but was there for a couple of years, um, which makes me an Eagles fan, though, by default. And, yeah, I don't uh, think I knew that. Nice. Hey, nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a diehard. I'm a diehard. But uh, well, raised in Milwaukee, um, I, I had a chance to play at Dominican High School, won a couple of state championships, went on to Loyola Chicago and then um, actually had a different kind of career path than most. I went in, did my GA right away from Wisconsin Stevens Point and then decided to play uh, for that year. And then the coach that had brought me, the assistant coach that was at Stevens Point at the time, got a head job at St. Leo and uh, Division Two in Florida. And then after playing that year, um, went down to St. Leo and kind of got my ball rolling for there. That's where I really kind of discovered that I wanted to coach with with coach after being with Coach Lance Randall at St. Leo, him giving me the autonomy to kind of take over some things and and really started teaching me and, and implementing me in, in the real, you know, the schemes of everything and the business of it. And went from from basketball to budgets to recruiting and started to do everything at that level and realized that I wanted to do it. And then went on from St. Leo to Drake, was there with Coach Giacoletti. Um, it was a great experience. We didn't win as many games as we wanted, but Coach Giacoletti taught me a ton. Um, I actually just spoke to him this morning and continue a relationship with him. He's now at St. Louis. And I um, uh, was lucky enough to stay on when Coach Medved got the job. Um, and we, we, we won 17 games that last year at Drake and were picked to finish last and ended up finishing tied for second. So he got the Colorado State job, went on with him there. And uh, spent three years there, got very successful in the last couple of years, was a Final Four birth in the NIT last year. Um, TJ was a good friend of mine from Milwaukee as well, and got this job and blessed me with the opportunity to come here. So now here's where I stand. And here we are. I love it, man. That's awesome. Well, obviously, we're going to get into kind of the experience that you've had at all those different levels. But um, first, I want to talk. So so you played, obviously, at Loyola. Um, and then, as you mentioned, as soon as you graduated, you started the coaching path um, and just 
casually happened to win a division three championship yeah, that year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so talk about that a little bit, I, I guess, first with, um, with just the transition. So did, did you have aspirations at first to go play or did you kind of think you were done hanging him up and then that came back later? Yeah, it was, it was a weird deal. You know, I, I thought it would be a lot easier. Um, I was leading score and, man, I was like, oh yeah, I'll get a job. And, you know, the market as it is now, it was, it was, it was heading in that trajectory when I was coming out in 2009 and, you know, there just wasn't a whole lot of jobs out there. And I ended up kind of turning down some in like Finland and Denmark thinking I was, oh no, I'm going to get something in Spain or whatever. Like this is where everyone says to go. And it never really came. And, you know, by the end of the summer, um, I was kind of in a dilemma where it was like, man, I was living at home. It was September. I had nothing. And Coach Randall called me. He's like, hey, there's a GA spot open here. Maybe you can come here, you know, get your master's because you're going to want it anyway. And then think about continuing to play or not play. So I was like, man, I can't sit on my mom's basement and like be on the couch playing Xbox. Like I got to do something with my life. So, you know, I kind of made that leap and it. I, I'll be honest, it wasn't what I wanted to do I was like man I wanted to hoop I was telling everybody hey man I'm about to go overseas I'm working out every day and, um it's a harsh reality because there's not a whole lot of jobs out there for six foot one point guards and, and like that and you know so that kind of happened but it was a blessing obviously like you say we get there and I'm like oh this team's pretty good and um you know we had a streak of like 17 straight wins during that season and ended up winning a conference championship and we almost lost the first game. I'll never forget that of the NCAA tournament. We're playing at home to Carlton and we're down five with like 30 seconds to go. We're the number one seed. And I'm like, Man, we're going to lose and hit a couple threes. And, you know, it just kind of happens that it worked out. And then we started steamrolling from there, but um, it was a great experience. And um, then I was lucky enough right after the season kept working out and, um, Coach Randall again actually got a call and was like, "Hey, um, Coach Rob Patanastro, who was our our head coach at the Riders, was like, hey, do you know any guards?'" And he was like, "Hey, man, you should take a look at him. And he's been practicing every day, and he's ready to go." And Rob took a chance on me, and yeah, it was a great great opportunity for me over there. That's awesome. I mean, that, there's so many so many um, gems in that story, especially for some of the listeners that are aspiring pros or, or current guys waiting. I mean, we're in September, so like yeah, it just goes right. to show, man. You you got to have that open mind, and um, that's awesome because obviously Rob's still still over there with yeah. the riders, and he's done a great job. So right. um, nice. And, and so that season, uh, maybe just a quick touch on before we get into the the college coaching stuff, you know, just yep. the overseas life. Was it, was yep. it what you expected? I mean, obviously being in Ukraine is different than Spain is different than the UK, yep. but um, you know, how was that season for you playing wise and off the court? You know, it was really cool. Like it, it was, it was about, I had, a, I had expectations that from a lot of guys that have been playing at a high level over there. So, you know, I knew it was going to be two practices a day um, you know, I, I, the competition was good. I knew all the Americans would be good. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing was there was so much off the court obligations. Like we had to go speak at schools and do, you know, meal things. And like, I was like, man, I didn't know we had to do all this. So there wasn't as much free time as I thought there would be. It was more like, Hey, we're doing a lot of stuff for, and call it like hoops for health and going to schools and you got to do it. And then, you know, you still want to, you still want to work on your game. You still want to lift. You had access to that kind of stuff. And 
Um, but it was a good experience. You know, I, I thought the league was good. It was a good like mid-level league. And um, I learned how to drive a stick shift, like from like day <laughs> two, like, cause it was like, do you want a car or not? And I was like, yeah. And it was like, here you go. I was like, I don't know how to drive this. So <laughs> Rob, Rob, uh, Rob taught me how to drive a stick shift. And man, by the end of the time, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, we were driving down to London on the M2 and like rolling. So um, it, it was a fun experience. I learned a lot, played a lot of good guys. And, um, you know, I actually had signed in Germany for the next season. And it just kind of was like, man, do I really want to do this? It's it's not as much money as people think, like, especially to start off. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to come back with whatever, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. And it's like, man, you, I came back with like 10,000 bucks. Like, you know, and I think people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going overseas. And it's like, yeah, good luck, bro. Like you're making $2,000 a month. Like you can't do anything with that. Like now, if you, if you start elevating yourself and get to there, but I think that's really hard to do. And mm-hmm. I think that's a reality that most people don't realize too, is like, oh, I play overseas. Well, okay, good. Like what league are you in? And mm-hmm. what are you really doing? And what's the team got, you know? So it's, it's, it was a, it was a, a reality experience for me for sure yeah but but definitely a good experience and and everything again that you just kind of I, I might have to start taking you on recruiting uh yeah. with me because man yeah. it's you know it's one thing coming from an agent but yeah that the reality is it's it's very difficult to be sustainable as a pro unless you right. love it love it and you want to commit yep. several years to it so um that obviously is a good transition back into you know coaching here in the states and um you know i don't want to uh skip over any of the of the many teams that you were coaching with, but I do want to uh, kind of dive into Iowa state here. Um, sure. So, cause obviously we'd be here all day if we're talking about all the, <laughs> all the other teams. So uh, maybe give for, for an overview for some potentially international viewers, or even here in the States that don't really know Iowa state basketball and, and what you guys are about, you know, give, give a little overview of the program and um, you know, the style and the league and the, and the level of players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so big 12 conference, which is, uh, been voted the best conference in basketball for the last six years. Um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people know that, but obviously Baylor's a national championship, but you're talking about Baylor, Kansas, Texas, West Virginia, TCU, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, um, all those programs, Kansas State, that, you know, it's, it's a monster league. It's day in, day out. And for us at Iowa State here, coached by Coach TJ Otzelberger, who had been an assistant here previously, and now it's coming back. It, it, it for us, it's about toughness. We we want to we want to keep it simple. Um, but we want to we tell our guys really three things. Like we want to take care of the ball. We want to rebound at a high level. Um, and we and we want to pressure the basketball defensively. And you know it, it, we try to instill a lot of different principles into our guys that are not necessarily basketball based. Um, for example, gratitude. You know just being thankful for every day. You know, we get up in the morning, we work out and it's not, oh man, I got to work out. It's early. It's, man, I'm thankful to do this. There's so many people that would kill to be in this position, you know, and uh, toughness is another one. It's just like, and it's not just that physical thing. It's that mental aptitude to get through the day after a hard day to go hard in um, your education and your academics, you know, and be able to, still be tough enough to facilitate conversations at home to help with your mom or your sister or your brother, like those kind of little things that apply not only to basketball, but to life. So we're just trying to instill 
development of young young men into into great individuals and hopefully leaders in this society of the future. Yeah, that's great. And so I know you probably mentioned a bunch of them. I don't know if there's one in particular, but a question I like to ask coaches at any level is, uh, you know, if, you, if you're sitting down with a recruiter family, like, what, and we're going to talk about recruiting here in a second, but what is a non-negotiable to be a part of your team, like non-negotiable? Yeah, you know, I think the one of the biggest things for us is unity. Um, you know, we try to bring all our guys together and, and have that unification of, this is a team, like you said, like, there's no individuals. It's 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 a group of, of guys that have unified together and us coaches um, as well. And I think, you know, Coach TJ does a great job with that. You know, so just for example, in practice, we all wear the same thing. Like we wear the same thing as the players. We wear the same shirt. We wear the same pants. We wear the same socks. Like because it's a unification thing. And I, I, it's a little thing, but something that I've learned just in this five months working with him is that you know, we're going to do this as a team. So we're going to win and we're going to lose as a team. And uh, Coach Coach Nico used to say something that really stuck with me. He's like, you got to find guys to lose with first. You know, like, so it's, you're going to lose some games. Like, we're not going to go undefeated this past year. So you better have a group of guys that you can go to war with and lose with. And then obviously, as you progress and progress, then you start winning with those guys because they know what it takes and that unification all comes together. Yeah, and that's that's uh, I guess this can lead in the, into the recruiting talk too. But that's got to be tough at, at the highest level as well when you do recruit because, uh, you know, I I also understand it just from having an agent point of view and just seeing it from the outside that to some extent it could be a job interview for individual players because they want to mm -hmm. get seen and they want to get stats right. and they want to get to the league. So, you know, I, I guess um, that's just probably instilled by by the unity theme for for yep. some of the guys because it's not like you know I, I guess the question would be you know how do you um how do you communicate that to your team because it's not like you guys haven't had players that go on to the next level yeah. because you you want that and you recruit high level players that have nba potential so how, how do you kind of balance those yeah you know i think like like you know success comes from from winning you know and i think if you find guys that the, the guy that averages 12 points on the team that goes to the sweet 16 looks better than the guy that averaged 20 points on the team that went 10 and 20, you know, because there, there's a, there's a stigma out there that, you know, every bad team has to have a leading score, you know, so there's going to be, you can tell selfishness from, from unification. And, um, you know, I think that we started to just preach to our guys that, Hey, like, if you average eight points and we go to the NCAA tournament, somebody's going to see you, you know, you're doing something right. And then when we get to that point, we can speak on the intangible things that people don't see. It's the, not the stats. It's, Hey, this guy's great in practice. He leads us in deflections. He's always a first to the floor. Hey, guess what? He gives five guys a ride to practice every day. Like all those little things that you, you would know, as you start to, you try to represent somebody, you're doing, you're doing your research and you're like, Hey, what was this guy? Done? What's he like? You know, like, it's going to be different if you're like, man, this dude's not a good dude. Like he's bad in the locker room. Yeah. He averages 20 points, but none of his teammates like him, all that kind of stuff. And um, I think all the little character things go just as far as, Hey man, he made the winning bucket against Baylor. Like, Oh man, like he's a great teammate. He, he's great with the young guys. He does all those little things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, I remember distinctly, I mean, of course, I had a lot of conversations like that first year that I got my agent license, but I remember distinctly our conversation. I mean, I was so appreciative because 
I'm a type of guy that a I had to differentiate myself and find those under the radar guys, but B I'm just a character type guy. So like, yep. you know, I, I I needed to know that if I was going to have yep. my reputation online for sending guys overseas at first. Right. Um, and so you kind of went down the line right away. Well, you know, yeah, these guys are good, but Hey, here's what CJ does off the court. Here's yep. what, you know, all these guys do Absolutely. off the court. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. And, and that's yep. what, you know, for all those listeners out there that, that, that are aspiring pros, that's what people like myself look for and coach um, coaches actually talk about besides the, right. yeah, this guy can shoot the shit out of it. Like, yeah, right, he's also yeah. a really good guy off the court. So. Exactly. Um, and, and so on the recruiting topic, maybe, maybe a little educational tidbit. Um, can you just maybe give a bit of an overview on like the recruiting concepts? Like, you know, how I, I think a lot of parents or players are like, okay, there's a coach and they're recruiting and they go sit in an AU tournament and they drink coffee all day and look at their mm-hmm. phone. And then they all of a sudden get the best players. Like how, how you know, how, how would you describe recruiting um, like recruiting one-on-one? Yeah. You know, I think that this level, obviously first time I've been at this, this level is a high major. Like we're starting to look at guys in the 2024 class, they're sophomores. So, um, you know, I think from, from the start is, the first thing we're going to do is look at the character piece of it. So I'm going to call the high school coach or the AU coach. Hey, what kind of kid is he? How is he academically? Um, what's his family life like? You know, all those things you take into play. And, like, they're not always great either. And I think that, you know, people think, think guys get weeded out because, hey, you all this school only wants, you know, certain guys, that guy. And it's like, hey, man, like, if he's not the best student, I want to know how does he work in class? Like, is he going to tutoring? If he's a 2.5 student, then that's what he is. Like, everybody's not the high achieving guy. But, or if he's, hey, man, he's, his, his mom's, you know, works whatever, and his dad's out of his life, and he's got his brother and sister. Like, so you, you take all that stuff into consideration. Like, oh, okay, man, this dude's grinding. He may be late to school a couple of days. Like, he, he's always taking his little brother to school or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a lot of the character stuff is, is one of the first things. And then when we get onto the basketball stuff, it's interesting because you go recruiting and everyone's trying to score. Like, it's like, it's so obvious. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, like, we know that, especially in the AAU setting, like, we know you average 25 in high school. Like, we know you can score. We know you can do, like, the, the guys that stand out to, to these coaches, and I speak for a lot of them that I know, is like, guys out there making the right play. Like whether that's scoring, passing, like rebounding, defending. Um, you know, I just met with a kid the other day and he, you know, he's a six five wing and he scores it really well. He shoots it and I'm he's asking, I'm asking him all these questions and he's giving me a bunch of offensive. I want to work on my ball handling. I want to work on shooting off the dribble. And I said, do you know how many six five wings there are? Like there's probably a hundred and fifty of you in this region. But there's not 156 five wings that guard and pick up full court and take defense, take defense seriously. I was like, man, you could separate yourself from 150 to 15 in a matter of just playing on both ends. Like, and he was kind of looking at me. I'm like, man, I am serious. Like, and I was like, man, even if you don't end up at Iowa State, like you, you defending at a high level and showing that you care, like that's going to separate you. Like, it's going to be like, man, like this dude jumps off the board. Like, like Davion Mitchell at Baylor is a six foot guard that's 200 pounds. And yeah, he's really good offensively, but he's a defensive player of the year. So like he stands out, like you're like, man, like what? nobody can get by this dude. Like, so, you know, it, it, that, that's really interesting. The character piece of it. And 
recruiting that. And it's it's a lot less about, hey, man, this dude gets 30 points per game and more like, hey, is he a good kid? How hard does he play? What does he value on and off the court? Um, and then kind of figuring out that fit. You know, I think not every TJ has, has done a great job kind of educating us. He's obviously been here for eight years and recruited a bunch of NBA guys here. He's like, not every guy's an Iowa State guy. He was like, you know, the guy from the from the suburbs that really wants, you know, super, super high education and, you know, may come from a wealthy family, probably not Iowa State guys. Like, you know, it's, it's been more inner city kids, um, guys that, that have a special knack for wanting to play in the Big 12, Midwestern guys. Um, that's kind of where we've had a lot of success. That's awesome. No, I, I love the Davion Mitchell example because uh, it answers a question that I ask often is like, if I'm watching a game live or on TV, how does a guy stand out? Maybe it's because you hit 12 threes in a row in the first half. Maybe that could be it. But right. when you're Very watching rarely. Davion, yeah. right, right. When, when, when you're watching Davion Mitchell, at least during that, during the, the, the tournament, you're, you're watching the TV and you're like, this dude is absolutely everywhere. Like right. he's like a brick wall. No one can get by him. Right. And that that was an immediate differentiator. And obviously it, it, it showed um, in the future where he landed. But um, mm -hmm. no, th th those are those are great tidbits to, to ultimately how you can differentiate each other. So if you're listening here, you know, play defense, get stops. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry about absolutely. scoring all those, absolutely. All those buckets. Um, uh, so one other question on on recruiting that I like to ask is there, there's this and this is kind of from feedback from like high school coaches that I've heard, too, is. There's this, I don't know if it's if it's a myth, but you know, obviously there'll be guys that are under the radar and all of a sudden they'll get an offer, right? And of course, we don't have to go on down the rabbit hole of Twitter offers and what that whole <laughs> thing is like, but you know, a guy get an offer. Like, have you been in a situation where you've seen that and you've been like, oh wow, like I probably should look at this guy, or like how, how does that work? I mean, because yeah. sometimes those offers are, you know, we all know that an offer right. might not be a real offer or an offer right. might be a an offer that shouldn't have been told publicly yet because we want this right. kid. So, so how, how does that work for you guys? Yeah, that's always interesting. You know, I think I, I definitely like I'm on Twitter all the time checking that. I'm always on verbal commits, whatever. And if, if I see that and, I, and I'm familiar with the player and it's somebody of our level, I'm like, all right, man, like maybe I'm calling into the coach. Um, if it's somebody who was like his first offer, um, I'm going to check the school because certain schools do that like you know and it's like oh yep, okay. yep. like I, I know that like um especially if it's somebody in a region that I'm recruiting like it's simple enough to be like oh okay yeah well so-and-so offers everybody I'm not going to take that serious now if it's it's a legit it looks like a legitimate offer now you're like okay because you know the one thing you don't want is your boss coming to you like hey man why don't we know about this guy like you know so you're yep. like you always want to do your homework and you want to be on the other end of that where Hey man, I already looked into that. Like, you know, he's, he's going so-and-so or he wants to stay close to home or whatever it may be that way. So definitely, you know, you stay in touch with all that stuff, social media helps all that. And like, like you said, there's nothing really you can hide or keep a secret. Um, at Colorado state, uh, we always said Colorado did such an amazing job. Uh, there is a great staff and Tad does a great job, but like, they somehow get guys not to post their offers like so you don't know like if, if they have a CU offer or not and you're like man like this kid's talking to Colorado have they offered and you're like no one knows like and then all of a sudden boom they commit to them you're like dang like uh but they do a good job of that 
So you're saying that all their recruits don't come on and take selfies and write hashtag not committed? <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. They don't allow none of that. I, I, I've always wondered. I'm like, man, like, why do you have to say hashtag not committed? I'm like, if you're committed, like, you're just like people will yeah. know. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, everyone knows you're not committed. Like, we got it. Like, you just mm -hmm. want to say you just want to get two two million likes on there, so that everyone's like, hey, man, he's yeah, so and so. I get it. I get it, man. I kind of get it, but I wish it was different. But anyways, the point is, uh, yeah, an, an offer is not a, not a, a real offer or I guess finalized until it's finalized. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> cool. So, so switching transitioning topics a little bit here um, as a coach, obviously we talked about a lot about how players can improve and how players can learn and what they can do. But as you, as a coach, obviously you've had some great coaches you've worked with and learned from, but what do you specifically do to learn and, and get better yourself? Like maybe what resources do you watch certain film or certain game, or do you listen to, um, you know, podcasts or, or lectures or what's your, what's your way of learning? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I, I do, I do listen to, um, a few podcasts, a culture reality podcast. And, um, I'm, I'm reading, uh, the, actually the whole team is reading a book by Chris Bosch letters to, to his younger self, which is, been great and I think I'm learning just as much as they are and it's it's from a player perspective but you can always kind of relate things to 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 your life and everything and, and I over quarantine I did a good job of reading I need to do a better job I read the inner book of tennis um uh which was mind-blowing to me because tennis is such an analytical game and uh the mental process of how basically it's mind over matter which that really relates to me because I consider myself to be mentally tough through, through anything. I tell my wife, I don't get sick because I don't allow myself to. And she thinks it's bullshit, but I'm like, <laughs> I, I haven't been sick in years. Like, I'm like, I don't allow myself. I say to. the like, same sick. thing. <laughs> I'm not sick. That's I'm not awesome. going to get sick. Like it's not going to happen, but um, yeah, I do that. But one of the biggest things I do is I, I like to call my peers and just ask some questions like, Hey man, what are you guys doing for this? Like, how, how are you recruiting this area? Like, you know, wh what are you, what are you doing with your guards here? Like, and I like it, you formulate relationships where guys are able to be genuine with you. And I think I learned just as much that way. Just like, Oh man, like, Oh, they're doing this. Why are you guys doing that? Okay. That seems to work. And not having the ego to be like, no, I'm going to be the first one to do this drill or I'm gonna, like, it's just like, man, we're all doing the same thing and we're all, we're all trying to get to the same level and win games. So if they're willing to tell me and share, I'm always willing to add. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I think it's great advice too, because there's a lot of people and, and of course we all do it myself included, but sometimes you want to, you know, keep things to yourself and not allow competition to, but at the right. end of the day, look, we're always, we're, we're always trying to get better and learn. And so, okay, maybe if it's a, you know, conference opponent you're playing the next night, right, you might yeah. not ask them how to run their offensive <laughs> right. sets, yeah. but, uh, no, that's great advice and good to know. I know, I know there are, there are always coaches that ask me, um, you know, at various levels, what some of the coaches that I talk to learn and how they learn. So, so that's great. Um, transition again here. So you've coached uh, a lot of great players, obviously. Um, some players you've coached are currently pros. They, they were pros. They've transitioned on to other things. You know, guys like, you know, Nico, obviously our guy, CJ, yep. who is my first client, um, yep. and plenty of others. The question is, what, what made them great or what maybe one or two things made them great, whether it was their skill set, which obviously has value for playing at the next level, or something they did that was intangible, kind of like we talked about before? Yeah, you know, I think all the guys that are, are playing at a high level and um, 
probably will continue to is, you know, they all just had a drive to be great. Um, that didn't come from anything within the coaching staff. It didn't come from any other teammates. It was just mm. something that they had inside themselves. And, um, you know, I think that those guys that end up playing and sticking overseas and obviously the guys that play in the NBA all have that. Like, it's just, you don't have to tell them like what it is. You don't have to tell them when to work out. Like they're, they're telling you what they want to do in workouts. Um, you know, we even had, you know, this past weekend, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and George Niang, Monte Morris, Taylor Horton Tucker, all those guys came back. And it's interesting watching them work out because they're almost self-leading their own workouts. Like, hey, I'm going to do this and then this, and then you step up with the pad. And then like, you know, so like they have a vision and a plan for what they want to do that's in their own head. So in that mindset, they're like, hey, man, this is what I need to do. This is something that inside themselves, they know, like, I have to do this to get better. I have to do this to, you know, be able to make this read or make this play on the court. And all the guys that I've coached and, and some guys that are still playing right now that I know will play at a high level, um, they have that. Like, it's a drive where they, they just they're self-motivated. Yeah, I, I, some people call it the X factor. I call it the it factor or just that yeah. something that, you know, you, you don't have to teach, essentially. It's, it's, just, right. it's just there. And maybe you can't pinpoint it, but it's just there. Um, Absolutely. So something that I, I've, I've learned from conversing with uh, you know, successful people, however you want to deem successful, whether it's coaches or, or people in the business world or, um, you know, players, is that at some point throughout their career, many times, often, they've faced obstacles. And so my question for you is what was an, what was a major obstacle along your uh, professional career that you had to overcome? Uh, and, and, and what'd you, what'd you essentially learn from it or how did you do that? Yeah. You know, I think it'd be my first, uh, my first year at Drake, um, you know, just, I, I came from three years at St. Leo and it was division two, but, you know, I had all the autonomy to, man, hey, like, we need to offer this guy. And, like, hey, I'm going here. And, like, hey, I'm doing this on the court today in practice. We're going to do this. And it was kind of like, hey, I was basically – I was associate head coach. And I was like, man, I had the voice of everybody. And going to uh, to Drake as director of operations, um, no recruiting, not on the floor. You know, you, you, you almost have a stigma that you're not even a coach. Like, it's like, hey, man, like, go, go. I was booking hotels and – getting meals and booking flights and it's like I felt like I was more consumed with hey is the plane going to be on time is the meal ready like why is there cake and lemonade it's supposed to just be water and no dessert like you know and it was those kind of things so that was difficult for me because I felt like I wasn't encompassing everything that I could do with my coaching ability and um coach Jack Lady did a great job of just kind of pulling me to the side even in the summer um, after it only been a couple months, and he's like, hey, stick it out. This is going to be all right. Because I actually had in August, Army had a spot opening. And, you know, I was thinking about going there. So I'm like, and he's like, you don't want to go to Army. It's like nothing against those guys. But, you know, you could call it in the Naval Academy, that deal. And he's like, you may never make it out. It was the best decision I made because he's just like, he's like, you don't want to do that. Like, you don't want to do it. I know it's bad here, like, because you're not on the floor or whatever. But, um, you know, so what what I ended up doing to kind of overcome that adversity was just always say you want to be the best at everything you do. Like my dad's taught me that. So I was like, man, I'm gonna make sure these meals are great. Like I'm gonna make sure that the guys love them. Um, 
you know, we're going to get the best private plane we can when we charter. Like, you know, it's like all those kind of little things. And then um, I was able to start recruiting uh, younger guys just via phone calls and, and Facebook Messenger and all kind of different things, like just to try to stay involved in recruiting. And, um, you know, I think that ended up helping me in the long run. And uh, it was good. It was good for me to kind of experience that. And, and the, the life of an operations guy would be something I never take for granted. So I always respect all those guys that do that job. It's the hardest job on, on, on any college basketball staff. Definitely. And, and so on that, on that topic, what is, uh, I guess, what's a piece of advice that you would have for either a, someone who's not even at that level yet that wants to get involved or someone that's yep. going through it right now, just wondering, Hey, is this thing for me? Should I stick it out? Should I go take that analogous, um, to the army offer like over here or should I stick yep. it out? Like what, what, what would you advise someone to, uh, to yeah, do in I that think, situation? I think it's just like when you play overseas, man, you got to be committed to it. It's not it's just it's the, the career and profession is not for everybody, but I think if you are, if you're committed to like, Hey, I want to one day be a head coach, then you got to be able to accept that you have to go through the ranks and the ranks may be, Hey man, you're getting subway for the assistance every day. And like, you're like, it sucks, but it's like, Hey man, you got to do it, but you better do a great job at it because that assistant's going to get a head job. He's going to be like, man, that dude got it every day, never complained, never got it. You know? And it's just like, man, little things matter. You know? And I think, there's never any task too small. So you always want to do the best of your ability. If like, if, if, if I tell you to do something once and you're a GA right now, and then you do it on your own for the rest of the year, I'm like, man, this dude, he's on it. Like, so I'm going to mm-hmm. give you another task. I, now all of a sudden I trust you. Like, I'm like, man, this dude, this is my guy. Like, you know, so you, you always got to be ready and working for your next job. Yeah, I think that's that, that's great advice. And I'll, I'll just add one thing too to that. And that's, you know, you have to go through the ranks, but the ranks are going to take either shorter or longer for other people, like just because yep. like right place, right time, you know, some people yep. get that, that offer after one year or two yep. years. Some people are in in the going through it for seven, eight, nine, you know, 10 until they get their first assistant job. So um, I I think that's great advice. And and a lot of younger coaches are going to benefit from hearing that. So, um, well, look, man, this was amazing. Uh, You know, I learned a lot. I know people that are listening, learned a lot. I got one last thing for you before we wrap up. It's called the sports business lightning round. I'm firing questions at you. You got to hit me with the first answer that comes to your mind. Gotcha. All right. Favorite color. Black. Most points you've ever scored in the game. 42. Woo. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. MJ or LeBron? MJ. It's easy. One of the coolest cities that you've ever been to in the world? London. What is something that you're really bad at? Um, drawing stuff. Like, I can't, can't draw anything. Like <laughs> I share that one. What's one of your biggest strengths? Toughness. Who are three people that have helped you tremendously in your life? Uh, my wife, my father, and Coach Lance Randall. What was your first ever job? Uh, newspaper delivery boy um, in high school. Man, it's pretty made pretty good money too. That's awesome. Uh, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? I'll be able to disappear and nobody would be able to see me. If you could trade jobs with any person in any industry for a week just to live life in their shoes, who would that be? 
Cool. I think I want to be Drake. Got it rolling <laughs> right, right now. I, 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 I think I think I've heard that once or twice. That's a, a it's yeah. a solid answer, but it's a that would be quite the uh quite the week for sure. Yeah. Um, and last one here, if you could turn back time and talk to 18-year-old JR, what would you tell him? Uh, probably say just keep grinding, man. Stay after it and no egos. Just do whatever you can do to the best of your abilities. Love it. Awesome stuff, man. Well, that was great. Uh, I hope you had fun there at the end. Um, you know, again, I appreciate you coming on because I know there's a, a lot of awesome. people that can benefit from uh, from hearing this. So appreciate you. And hopefully we'll uh, I'll catch one of your games here this season. Thanks, Kevin, man. Appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really crazy, you can even share it on social media. As always, if there's a topic you want me to talk about further or a guest you would love to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message on social media at Kevin Tarka. Thanks again, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning on Sports Business Secrets.